Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Monday, March 27th, and we are doing a full slate breakdown of the impending Monday night NBA games. Let's do it. Very excited for this episode. I was going to do a Mailbag Monday type episode where I went over a gambling lesson and did the six different types of sports bettors in the gambling marketplace. However, I studied some odds. I got ready to place my bets. I placed my bets. I'll get to those soon. And I was like, there's some really good numbers here. There's some really good spots. I should probably push that gambling lesson to the side. We could do that whenever. And do a slate breakdown podcast. So that's what we're doing today. Let's get right into it. Before we start, let me remind you guys, follow me on Twitter at mfiddle14. Find me in the Sports Ethos Wager Pass and Discord channel. That is where I post everything. Everything you see on my Twitter is simply a screenshot from the Wager Pass and Discord channel. And please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. I would love to get some written reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, go to the Advantage Show homepage, scroll to the bottom, click Leave a Review. You click the fifth star over, the five stars one, that's the one you definitely click. And then you'll write, Mike has made me so much money. Mike is the smartest handicapper I've ever met. This show is amazing. I can't wait for every episode. My favorite types of episodes are the slate breakdowns that sound just like this. The first game on the Monday night slate is the Milwaukee Bucks traveling to Detroit and taking on the Pistons. Now, I am heavy on the home underdog Detroit Pistons at plus 15 and a half. I am also on the over 232 They are some of my best bets of the night, and let's go into why. The Milwaukee Bucks played a back-to-back recently. Utah, huge win. Denver, huge loss. And now they travel back to, like, the kind of the East Coast, back to the Eastern Conference, and they go to Detroit, where they'll take on the Pistons before it's their last road game, before they go home for a Wednesday-Thursday back-to-back, the Thursday against the Celtics on national TV, TNT, and then on Sunday against the 76ers at home, another national TV game. So the Bucks are in a classic end-of-the-road trip, big home games coming up, look-ahead trap spot. It's got a dangerous situation written all over it, and we are seeing that hold true in the odds. There is clear reverse line movement happening on the books. There is 69% of the money on the Milwaukee Bucks right now at minus 16 or minus 15 and a half. And the line dropped to 15 and a half. Opened at 16, now at 15 and a half. They are making it easier for you to bet the Milwaukee Bucks, even though their handle is significantly exposed to that Milwaukee Bucks side. If that doesn't scream, get on Detroit, ride with the books, I don't know what does. That is reverse line movement. Let's take the home underdog. Let's take the Detroit Pistons. Let's take them at extremely long, plus 15 and a half odds. And let's lay a full unit and a half on it. I do think there's a a few things that happen here. There's a chance that even by the time this podcast is posted, you're getting some Giannis's game time decision, Drew Holiday's game time decision, Brooke Lopez's game time decision, and the, the line has moved to seven and a half. If something like that happens, the reason to put a unit and a half of exposure is because you are setting up an area for you potentially to middle it. Maybe I'll put half a unit on the other side. If it drops heavily and I get a huge middle spot, I could open a valuable middle for me. So that's why I'm putting a little bit more exposure because I think 
I might even play off of this if this really goes my way. Otherwise, I'm still liking the early indicators that I'm getting, and it's still worth a pretty sizable bet. The, the reason it hit the over 232, and that is only for half a unit. So again, a unit and a half on the spread, only half a unit on the total. The total opened at 230 and then moved to 232 across every book. So clearly we're getting on the right side, hitting the over. <clears throat> but I'm just not sure how much more this line will move, how much more closing line value we will gain. The market may have settled at the 232 number, in which case I still think, given the trends in the line, the over is the smarter side. But if we're not going to gain closing line value, you don't want to overexpose. Your exposure is tied to your hopes in gaining value before the tip happens. So that's why a unit and a half is on the spread because I just said there's a chance that this goes heavily the other way. So you want to have more exposure on a line that has a bigger chance of moving. So love Detroit Pistons plus 15.5. Like the over 232, even looking at this money line plus 900, even looking at some alternate spreads when they open up tomorrow, maybe like an alternate spread Detroit to win by like three or four, 10 to one, 11 to one odds. That sounds really frisky. The next game on the board is the Dallas Mavericks traveling to Indiana and taking on the Pacers. Every other podcast that you listen to today, if you're listening to other sports podcasts, other sports shows, they're talking about the NBA. They're doing a deep dive on what's wrong with the Dallas Mavericks. And I don't know, but I can tell you that the books are aligned in saying fade the Dallas Mavericks. There is clear, sharp action towards the Indiana Pacers. Pacers open as a two and a half point underdog and have already been pushed all the way out to a one point favorite that's at FanDuel I am seeing that right now you can get them at plus one a one point underdog at DraftKings so there's a two point difference going from plus one to minus one because you're moving through the zero but you do have to understand that in an NBA game there is no tie so moving through the zero and onto a one, which is relatively in a non-important number. One is the 11th most common outcome in NBA games. Talk about that quite often. So zero is impossible and one happens 4% of the time. It's not that big of a deal for you to get the plus one versus a minus one. The bigger deal is to understand pacers are taking a good amount of the money and the sharps are still fading the Dallas Mavericks. Now, I'm wondering if this is a place where I might go contrarian. I'm wondering if this is a place where I might say, Luka is just so by far the best player on the court. Kyrie is probably by far the second best player on the court. Hal Burton, he'll get there. Not yet. So if we're going to take talent, if we're going to take desperation, if we're going to take motivation, we could play the Maverick side. If we're going to play urgency, we could play the Maverick side. Matchup-wise, I do get concerned because the Pacers can run and play fast. They shoot a lot of threes. And this small ball has been killing the Mavericks because the Mavericks have zero interior presence. So it's actually the teams that can play faster that give them fits because they can't give you anything to slow you down on the inside. On the flip side, Miles Turner's waiting for them when Luka or Kyrie drive, and he's an elite rim protector. So Pacers getting a large amount of the steam and line movement, and I think it's for a good reason. The Rockets and the Knicks are going down at Madison Square Garden. We just had 
the Knicks on the road because we know that the uh, NCAA tournament was happening in the Garden. Shout out to that Kansas State-Michigan State. That was an absolute thriller. But now the Rockets are in town to take on the Knicks. Line opened at 12.5 in some places, 13 in other places. Uh, it's now down to 12.5 across the board. So I guess you could say Rockets are the steam here. But still, I don't really trust it. Line hasn't moved too much. We don't have any totals that are open yet. So really not gaining much information from the market at all. Uh, I have no bets on that game. And I don't plan to have any bets on that game. The Phoenix Suns are traveling to Utah and taking on the Jazz. I'm on Phoenix Suns minus six and a half. We have 60% of the bets, but 66% of the money on Utah. So people who are betting bigger bucks are clearly on the Phoenix Suns. And more importantly, this Jazz team is just not the same Jazz team that we saw earlier in the season or even before the deadline is really when things changed. And now it's kind of just like fallen off. So teams are selling out to guard Laurie Markkinen. Teams are knowing that he's emerged as a 1A threat offensively for teams. And they're all selling out to him. And he doesn't have the reliable outlets of a Mike Conley or a Malik Beasley or any of these guys who are just knockdown shooters. He's passing it out to like Taylor Horton Tucker, who's been playing really well, but he's not the same caliber of veteran leadership, court presence, uh, efficiency scoring. So like even volume of shooting to create space on the court. So for that reason, this Jazz team is a lot weaker than some of their numbers have shown. You can't really overly rely on their priors. And the Sharps are starting to fade them pretty consistently. This line opened at Phoenix Suns minus 5.5. It's at 6.5 across the board. Given the fact that we know the minus 7 is so important, 7 is the most important number in NBA games because it is the most common outcome for NBA games because when you get to a 7-point game when there's 30 seconds left, you don't bother to foul because it's a 3-possession game. At 5 with 30 seconds left, you foul. At down 6 with 30 seconds left, you still normally foul. And given that team one or two free throws, whether they're down 5 or 6, maybe they're down 6 and they go 1 for 2, maybe they go 2 for 2 and they push it out to 8, but for that reason, being near the 7 becomes so crucial because that's the point in which you stop fouling. So that's the point where the games get dribbled out, and that's why we see the highest volume of NBA games end with a seven-point total. So getting this line at six and a half, definitely more important than getting it at seven where I expect it to be pushed out to. The Philadelphia 76ers are taking on the Denver Nuggets. Line opened at uh, 76ers plus five and a half. It is down to 76ers plus five, even though we're getting some mixed splits in the market. I'm seeing 59% of the bets on Philadelphia 51% of the money on Denver. So not really, obviously you could say bigger bets are coming in on Denver. You could say Denver, great home team, dominant home court advantage, has home rest. Or you could go the other angle of just saying 76ers are going to be healthy for this game. We know Harden's a little banged up, but he's going to play. Embiid's going to play. Harden, when he's been playing, has seemingly been pretty okay, if not amazing this season, like all NBA type good. Uh, he's been really good recently still. Um, I'm not overly concerned about the Achilles. And at this point, 76ers probably shouldn't be a five-and-a-half-point dog against anybody, and I think that was the correction in the market. For me personally, I'm scared. I think this is a – Denver has a great home court advantage. These teams are fairly similar in the way that they line up. They have a center that controls the offense by operating at the nail. 
They have a score first guard who lacks defense, and they have wing shooters. Kind of a similar team in the way that they play offensively and, and, and match up against one another. And for that reason, I am a little scared to fade the home court advantage that's happening here. However, you play numbers, and five and a half was too much. So I knew that this number was going to come down. It already has. And for that reason, I grabbed the five and a half, even though I don't feel great about it. I have to tell my gut sometimes to shut up because my gut is full of bacteria that don't know shit about basketball. My gut knows a lot about shit, though, literally speaking. Okay. Tell your gut to shut up. Tell your brain to do the betting. My brain tells me catching a good number and a good line, so take it. The Pelicans are traveling to Portland to take on this depleted Blazers team. Line open, Pelicans minus 8.5. It's already out to Pelicans minus 9. I'm not going to play a Pelicans team as a road favorite past the 7. Like, there's just, there's just no way. It's a clear no-bet situation for me. If you're dying to bet this Pelicans-Blazers game, I tell you to probably back the Pels. I tell you to play the minus nine. I tell you that Blazers, I think, are on the second leg of a back-to-back, having held up pretty well against Oklahoma City tonight, and I don't expect their scrubs to be able to do it again. So, don't recommend betting it, but if you were going to do it, take the Pelicans. Timberwolves are playing the Kings. I'm on the Kings, minus five and a half. Early splits show Kings to be the right side. The reason why I'm making this bet is because so many back-to-backs tonight. Timberwolves' second leg of a back-to-back. Ant-Man and Cat both very recently returned from injury. So I don't know on the second leg of a back-to-back if they're both going to play or if they're both going to sit or if only one of them's going to sit. And this line might be pushed out to 7.5, 8.5, 11.5 if they both sit. So it's a, it's a push to get some value on the Kings if Minnesota decides to announce that they're going to rest some guys. The flip side of that equation is that Minnesota really needs these games. Like They are tied for the eighth seed in the West. The playoffs have already started in the West. That You are going to hear that on every, again, every NBA podcast that you listen to is going to go with the, the playoffs have already started in the West. No, they haven't. We haven't even gotten to the play-in. These are very important games. But I still think there's an awareness to take the long approach. We still see the Lakers bench AD on the second leg of back-to-backs. I still think there's a chance that Minnesota rests their guys. Even though they're in the eighth, they're locked in. The eight is a lot different than the nine ten because in the nine ten you gotta win two instead of lose one and can still get in. It's a big difference between eight and nine. I still think there's a chance that Minnesota takes the long term approach, takes the we have this you know seed anyways right now approach. Let's try and hold on to the eighth seed, but still rest our guys. The last game on the board, Chicago Bulls taking on the Los Angeles Clippers. Bulls are on the second leg of a back-to-back. Like, everyone's on the second leg of a back-to-back already. A lot of a lot of second leg of back-to-backs. I hope I mentioned them all. Okay. So Bulls are on the second leg of a back-to-back. They're on that LA road trip. They just played the Lakers today. So while they're on the second leg of the road back-to-back, 
there is no travel. They will be playing in the same arena. They will be sleeping in the same hotel. They will not be traveling after their win in L.A. They might be going out tonight, but they will not be traveling. We saw early money, early movement come in on the Clippers. Now, line moved to minus 5. Line moved to minus 5.5. There were consistent ticks towards the Clippers, but now it's back to 4.5. So it moved from 4.5 to 5 to 5.5, straight back to 4.5. It's still juiced heavily towards the Clippers, so more heavily. It's at minus 4.5 for minus 112. You can get the Bulls plus 4.5 for minus 108. We are showing money now on the Bulls, 70% of money on the Bulls. So I wouldn't be surprised if this spread started to go the other way. I am going to stay true to my beliefs here, true to my early read of the market, true to my uh, gambling capping process of fading road teams on the back-to-back, buying into role players when they're in their home environment. We know that the Clippers are down PG. They still have the best player in this game in Kawhi Leonard. And role players always step up at home. So knowing that the Bulls are on the second level of back-to-back, knowing they're in a fun city like L.A., knowing that the Bulls are actually in pretty comfortable uh, play-in position, they're trying to get the eighth seed. They're trying to claw up that last half game. They've been playing great basketball, 10-5 and in their last 15. I think Clippers are the right side here. Clippers are still the better team. They're home. They have the rest advantage. They have the best player in the same position as the opposing team's best player. So you love when those spots line up. And I feel pretty confident in Los Angeles Clippers minus 4.5. All of my bets are posted on my Twitter. I'm about to post the write-up and summary as well. I will be back later this week either with another slate breakdown or explaining to you guys the six different types of gamblers in the sports betting market. Before I sign off, let me remind you guys, follow me on Twitter at mfiddle14. Sign up for the Sports Ethos Wager Pass and Discord channel. And perhaps most importantly, leave me a written review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. Would love to bring more attention to the pod. It's been getting great feedback. It's been getting me great engagement with you guys. I get a lot of people reaching out to me now. I think you guys all love the slate breakdowns. If you guys could also reach out to me and let me know if you prefer which types of episodes, the slate breakdown episodes, the ones where I'm just talking general NBA thoughts so that you guys get the insight to where my gambling plays come from, or if it's the uh, you know more gambling theory, logic, strategy episodes. I will tailor to how you guys want me to do things. And of course, we'll always be doing slate breakdowns here. All right, guys, talk to you soon. Let's bring home the big bucks. Let's take down the house. As always, peace out. Oh, 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 oh